Good morning. That was pathetic, people. Come on, good morning. Woo. Oh, man, so excited to be uh, in the house of God this morning with you guys. So excited to uh, just hear what God's going to say. Um, man, so, so good. So good. Um, I believe that with everything in me that God's just good, you know. Uh, and I don't believe every day is good. I'd be foolish to think that. I don't believe every uh, circumstance or event is good. I'd be foolish to think that. But I, I believe in a God that's powerful enough that even in the bad moments and bad days, we serve a good God. And um, man, I'm just so thankful for that this morning and so thankful uh, you guys are here with us. Um, happy fall break for those of you that are here, right? It's fall break for all the Knox County people. I don't know, maybe if you're from another county. Yeah, A, if you're from another county, we love you. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Uh, and B, uh, if you are from Knox County and you're going to enjoy your fall break this week, thanks for just taking some time to meet with Jesus this morning with us. And, um, man, just so excited for what he's going to do. Um, I'm going to pray again. I just need a minute. Uh, sometimes you get in those moments in worship where it's just so good. And, um, man, I'm still just thinking about, man, what does God say about me? It's so powerful. Because I'm so used to hearing like what everybody else says and what my brain says. My brain's my biggest enemy. And I'll just be honest, maybe when I don't even know who I am, God knows exactly who I am. Father, this morning, you're just so good. God, I just love you. I'm just so thankful. God, for who you say I am. God, because I'm human and I'm like everybody else and I go through moments where I feel like I'm just not good enough. Where I'm a failure, where I mess up. And for some reason I let me talk myself into this false truth that you just somehow left me or you don't care. It's such a lie. God, you love me. <laughs> You love me when I don't even love myself. I'm just thankful. God, this morning, there's no like way I should be here. There's no way I should be talking to you right now. There's no way you should hear me right now. But you do, and I am. Not because of who I am, but God, because of who you are. Because you are a God that loves his people. You are a God of grace and goodness. You are a God who blesses us in spite of who we are and what we do. God, you are that God that never leaves and never forsakes, never runs away and never turns his back. You're him. God, I've turned my back so many times on you, but God, every time I turn back around, you're always just right there. Waiting with forgiveness. And God, this morning, I don't, I don't even know why I'm praying all this. But God, you do. And I believe, God, that everything you do, there's a purpose for. And maybe there's just somebody in here this morning that, that you just for some reason have heard. You're just not good enough and you can't do it and you're not loved and you're not worthy. And God, I pray that you just speak to them. You say that's such a lie. God, that you just say to them today, no, this is for you. Forgiveness is for you. Redemption is for you. The cross is for you. I came and I died, not for other people or good people. There are no good people, but for all people. 
And whoever is in that moment today where they just can't for some reason hear what you're saying, God, I pray that you just shut out every other voice today. You speak right to them this morning and you say, you are loved. Not because of who you are or what you've done. I loved you at your most wicked. I can love you today. God, that you just speak to them. You just do something amazing in this moment and you just, God, help them to believe your voice. God, help us to believe your voice. So many of us walk in here in the same boat every week, beat down, trampled on, God, you're right here to pick us up and to dust us off and to send us out to try it again. God, we love you. I love you. And I thank you, Jesus. Just speak this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, um, that was weird. Um. I don't know who that was for, but that's for somebody. Um, you ever just have those moments where you're like, God's just doing a thing right now? Um, I just pray that. Um, I just pray that, that, that you hear that. Maybe that's why you're here this morning. Maybe everything that's before that and after that didn't really matter. But, man, that's the moment for you. And If that's true, uh, I love you. And uh, I'm just praying God moves in your heart this morning. Um, Praying God moves in all of our hearts this morning. Um, this morning, we're going to be in Luke 18, and we're going to continue the series we started a couple weeks ago called In Jesus' Name. And um, man, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, it's just, it, it's been messing with me. I don't know if it's been messing with you, but just amazing, amazing, amazing um, what God is doing just in, in, in my prayer life. And I've preached on prayer like so many times. I, I don't know if you, you've realized that, but like, it's been like five, six years of just preaching now, <laughs> and the Bible's like only so big, right? So there's still new stuff that that, that God's showing me and, and new verses that I've never taught on before. I'm not saying like every message you ever are going to hear from me again is going to be a message that you've already heard from me because I just don't believe that the Word of God is living. But some of these verses, God just keeps bringing them back up, and there's such a depth and a richness this time that I've just never seen before. And um, I'm just so thankful that he's doing that. And, and I hope it's, it's changing your heart like it's changing mine. Um, I'll be honest, uh, I'm pretty good at reading the Bible. I'm pretty horrible at praying, um, if there's such a thing, right? Um, and God's just been speaking to me um, through this, and I've enjoyed it. So I hope you have. But if I haven't let the cat out of the bag, right, it's a series on prayer. Um, if you can get that from in Jesus' name, then... I don't know if I can help you, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but it's a series on prayer, and we've been talking about prayer the past few weeks, and I know maybe that sounds weird. You're like, I, I know how to pray, and, I, and we all know how to pray. If you've been around church for very long, there's this formula that we go through, right? There's some title we give God, and sometimes it's like Father God, and sometimes it's some crazy long thing that we don't even understand. Oh, God of the Trinity, 
breather of the he- you know like well, that thing um, and then we and then we start just asking God for stuff that's prayer for most of us like have you ever thought about that we pray we just close our eyes we just start spewing all this stuff that we want from God like our Christmas list and then we and then we're like amen see you tomorrow unless something crazy happens and I don't really know if that's what prayer is right like I, I've never just seen that in here. Like, and I'm not saying that we can't ask God for things. I, I don't believe that. God even tells us to ask him for things. We're going to talk about asking God for things this morning. So if you've been like, let's get to that part. We're here. Um, we're going to talk about that this morning. I believe that God wants us to ask him for things, but I don't believe that prayer is only asking God for things. God, I'm only here when I want something. God, I'm only showing up when, when I need you to do something. I don't, I don't think that's what prayer is. We've been talking about that the past few weeks. And this morning, we're going to dive into that in Luke 18. And in Luke 18, if you've ever like, read Luke or been in Luke, Luke is called a gospel, a gospel of Luke. And a gospel is different from the back half of the New Testament because it's not a letter written to the church about how to live or what we believe. It's a narrative story of the life of Jesus. And we have four of these, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all different, but all just so close-knit, um, all different perspectives, right? Same story, same Jesus, even same events in some of them, but... The truth is, if I'm standing here and you're standing here and we're different people with different brains and we have different things that we think are important, then there's different perspectives. And that's exactly what we're seeing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's not different stories. It's different perspectives on the same story. In Luke 18, we see Jesus is teaching. He's been teaching since about halfway through chapter 17. The Pharisees ask him a question and he starts answering that question and then he's still teaching when we get into chapter 18 and it says that he then told them a parable now the them that he's talking about here i don't don't believe is the pharisees i don't believe it's the crowd it's it's the disciples these people that are followers of jesus these people who um he was speaking to about the end of chapter 17 these 12 guys, maybe a couple more, that had said, I'm I'm giving you my life. I'm going to follow you around. I'm going to center my life around you. This is who he's talking to as he begins to tell them about this thing. And he begins to tell them a parable. Do we have the definition for parable back there? Parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson as told by Jesus in the gospel. So, Jesus is talking, right? This is a gospel. We already checked that. And this is that story, this uh, this simple story that's used to illustrate either a moral or a spiritual lesson. So what we know is about to happen is Jesus is going to tell a story, and the story is intended to teach us a thing. He's talking to followers of Jesus, people that have a relationship with Jesus, and he's going to tell us a story, and the story here is meant to teach us something. And it says that the parable or the story is on the need for them to pray always and not become discouraged. He's going to teach them how to pray and not become discouraged. Not just pray once and not become discouraged, but to pray always and not become discouraged. I think this is amazing. We have Jesus who's there, he's in the story, he's sitting beside them, he's talking to the disciples, these followers of Jesus, and he's going to tell them about how to pray, but specifically how to pray always and not become discouraged. Now, isn't that crazy? Jesus is here, he's sitting beside them, and for some reason he feels the need to teach this. 
Is it possible that even with Jesus beside these guys, walking through life with these guys, they're asking Jesus and, and God for things, and these things are not happening on the timetable that they have scheduled for it to happen on? Why else would he need to teach it, right? Why else would he need to teach this thing? If, if, if there was this thing that happened when Jesus was there that made all the prayers instantly come true uh, or, or to happen, he wouldn't need to teach this. But here we have 12 guys who are like us, who pray to God and ask God for things, and sometimes those things don't happen like immediately. And we, because we live in this microwave society, I don't know what their excuse is, they didn't have microwaves, but we live in this microwave society, this society of Netflix and and, uh, on demand, and and I can put this burrito in for 30 seconds and I'm going to have dinner, that society, the drive-through society, that's where we live. We think everything has to happen like right now. It's kind of amazing, right? Like I can pull out my phone and I can find out any information that I want to just in the next few seconds. It's amazing. They didn't have access to this, but we have access to this. And if they got discouraged, man, imagine how much in our society we get discouraged. I think if we took a poll today and we're like, who prays sometimes and it doesn't happen on their timeline, they get discouraged. Don't raise your hand. And we were honest, like all of us would say, hey, that's me. I've been there. Uh, I've prayed before and asked God for something, and it just doesn't happen fast enough. And what I start thinking is, well, God doesn't care, right? Or maybe that just, I didn't pray it the right way. Or God's forgot me, or God's left me, or, you know, whatever other lie that I start to believe. We, we start getting into that thing. And here Jesus is going to teach us how to not get into that thing. Is this relevant? Anybody need this this morning? Anybody need to know that when we pray and God's not on our timetable, that he's still God and he still listens and he's still moving? Anybody need to know that today? Because I I need to know that today. Because I've been there. And I believe that we've all been there. So Jesus starts to tell this story in verse 2, and he says, there was a judge. There was a judge. Here's the first character of our story. There was a judge. Now, we all know what a judge is, right? He's somebody who's appointed to decide legal cases in court. We have judges. They had judges. And people would bring these cases before judges, and they would decide, like, which person was right and which person was wrong, or they would decide, like, what the penalty was or what it was not. This is, this is that same idea. And there was a judge, first character. And he was in one town. He didn't list the town because, A, it's a story, and, B, it doesn't matter. And this judge, he, he didn't fear God. Or respect man. We don't know the judge's name. We just know his occupation. But Jesus starts telling us about the character of this judge. Here is this judge who decides cases. But this judge is different in the way that this judge does not fear God. Now this is the most religious society on the planet that he's speaking to. And they would have been like, okay, that's kind of weird. Right? There's a contrast We were surrounded by the law of God and we try to live our lives to follow God and to please God. We talk to God, we pray to God, we go to temple, we worship God. This is is not a guy like us. This is this image of this hard man who doesn't really care about what God thinks and he doesn't really care about like God's legal system. He doesn't care about the justice of God. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. He's not afraid that God's going to punish him. This is a man that doesn't respect God. He doesn't fear God. He's not worried about what God thinks is what he's saying. This is the character of this judge. And this judge, on top of that, he also doesn't respect man. In other words, he doesn't care what man thinks. 
He's not worried about your emotions and your feelings and all that stuff. He didn't care about any of that stuff. He's not a compassionate man. This judge is a man who doesn't fear God. He doesn't care what God thinks, and he doesn't care what man thinks. This is a man who's not worried about you is what Jesus is saying. Here's a judge who doesn't care about you. Here's a judge who doesn't really care what you think. Here's a judge who's not concerned with what God thinks is right and wrong. Here's that guy. This is the first character in the story. He says in three, and there was a widow, right? And a widow in the town. There's the second character. There's this widow. There's this lady. Now, a widow, right, is a lady whose husband has been deceased. And in this culture, um, widows would have been considered helpless or almost helpless. Right, this is a very male-driven culture, and the man kind of does the work and, and gets everything um, going. He's the guy that like provides for everything. This is the guy, and now she's lost that husband, and she has no means of income or to buy, provide for herself. It's all kind of dependent upon the mercy of other people. And when they heard that and they heard widow, they would have immediately thought helpless. So we have a judge who doesn't care about people and a widow who is helpless. Kind of see where the story's going. And it says that this widow in that town, whatever town that was, right, kept coming to him, being the judge, and saying, give me justice against my adversary. Now, adversary is like an enemy, someone who's against you, not for you, right? So we get this story how there's a, a widow who's helpless, and there's somebody who's coming against her, and she's powerless to do anything about it. She can't take care of this issue on her own. So what she has to do is she has to go before this judge and she has to ask this judge, hey, I need you to decide my case and you need to have something done about this adversary. Now the fact that it says she kept coming to him kind of lets us in on the fact that she came to the judge and he denied it. She comes to the judge, she's like, help me, I need help, help me. And he's like, don't care. I don't respect God and I don't care about people. You're bothering me. Go away, right? And the next day, she gets up and she comes again. And the next day, she gets up and she comes again. This is more than two or three times. It says she kept coming to him. It's this repetitive action of I'm coming to the judge and I'm asking for help. And you're like, well, why would that woman do that? Like, how discouraging would that be? She has to know the character of the judge. This man is a guy who doesn't care about people and he doesn't care about God. And she has to bring her case before this guy and hope that he decides something different than he decided the day before. How discouraging would that be? This guy's a jerk, right? Like, he doesn't care about her. She probably is in the right, right? She's like, give me justice against my adversary. I'm a widow. There's somebody against me. But see, the truth of it is, is she recognizes her place in the story is she's a widow. She's helpless. And she can't do anything about what's going on. She can't do anything to defend herself or to better her situation. She's completely reliant on the power of the judge. So she doesn't have another choice. And she comes to this judge. She's like, help me. No, help me. No, help me. No, day after day after day after day. And it says in four, for a while, he was unwilling. I don't know how long a while is, right? This could be years, could be months, could be days. But it's, it's a span of time. This judge was unwilling. But later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect man, and he continues, right? You may think that's like interesting that that's in there. He's a very self-aware judge, right? Like nobody talks like that about their self. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't care about what God thinks. And I don't really care about what people think. This is a very self-aware judge. 
So why did Jesus throw that in there? Because nothing has changed about the character of the judge, right? Like the, the judge didn't walk into a revival one day and just decide that he's going to follow God. That didn't change. He, he didn't see the woman's situation and, and decide he was going to be compassionate. Still the same judge, same exact judge that was at the top of the page now is a few verses down. He, he still doesn't care about what God thinks and he still doesn't care about what man thinks. And Jesus is just showing us like this is, there, there's something here about the character of this judge that matters. That's why he repeats it. And he says, this judge thinks to himself, yeah, I don't really care what God thinks and I don't really care what man thinks. But he says in five, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, she keeps bugging me. She won't go away. She won't leave me alone. I will give her justice. I'll give her what she wants so she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. What a weird story, right? Thank you, Jesus. Weird. There's this story here where we see a judge who doesn't care about what God thinks, doesn't care about what man thinks, and this helpless widow who has no other means of doing anything. She's completely reliant on the judge. So, so the judge is, is not a good man, and he doesn't care about her, but that's her only hope. So she goes to this judge day after day after day after day after day, knowing I'm going to be declined because the character of the judge is not good, but it's my only hope. And she goes before this judge. She's like, I need your help. No, 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 I need your help. And for a while, the answer is no every single day, right? I don't care. I don't care. Go away. But she continues to do it every single day. And what happens to the judge is not the judge has a heart change and he gives his life to Jesus and there's this big revival in town where, you know, all this stuff's happening. That's not what happens to the judge. The judge is the same judge. The judge gets annoyed that the woman continues to come and to pester him and eventually he gives in and he's like, I'll give her justice so she'll leave me alone. What a weird story. Well, what does that have to do, like, right? Like, Jesus, what does that have to do with anything that we're talking? Like, well, what is that about? Luckily, Jesus is the one telling the story, so he can explain it. It says in 6, Then the Lord said, or Jesus said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. Look, Jesus points out the character of the judge. Here three times we've had the character of the judge brought into the conversation. The judge doesn't care what God thinks, and he doesn't care what man thinks. A few verses down, he doesn't care what God thinks, and he doesn't care what man thinks. And then here Jesus brings again the character of the judge. There's an importance to the character of the judge. And he says, listen to what even the unjust judge says. A man who doesn't care what God thinks and he doesn't care what people think. So what does he say? I'll give her justice because she won't leave me alone. I'll do it because unless I do it, she's going to continue to come. Why is that important? Because even the unjust judge gives in, right? If there's consistent pestering. This woman had every reason to, to lose hope that the judge would help every reason to think this man is not going to do anything to advance my situation yet she continues to ask 
And because she continues to ask, the judge gives justice. And Jesus says, I want you to catch that. This guy's a jerk. But he still comes through. This guy's a jerk, yet the woman remains persistent. This guy's a jerk, but she didn't get discouraged because she realized unless this man helped, there was no other help. So she continued to come. Listen to what he says. And then Jesus says in 7, Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? He asked this question. This story is about an unjust judge who comes through in the end. Uh, a man with character, nothing like God's character, right? And he still comes through. This woman remains not discouraged but persistent. And even a man with horrible character came through because of her persistence. And then Jesus says, think about what's happening. And let me ask you a question. Will not God, if this guy will do it, won't God also do it? For his elect, for those he's chosen, for those he loves, for those who he called, for those who are saved, for those who are sons and daughters of God, is what he's saying. If this unjust judge, this man of horrible character, will do it for a widow he cares nothing about, won't God then, who loves us, do something for those that he loves? if they cry out to him day and night. He says, will he delay to help them? And I think I have the definition for delay because I didn't, didn't want to miss this. Delay is um, a period of time by which something is late or postponed. And what he's saying is, will God come through late? Will God be late? Right? Will God come in after you need him? Will God step into your story to help after it's too, too far gone, is what he's saying. And then in 8, he answers his own questions. Then he says, I tell you. Now, think about the power in those three words. This is Jesus, who is the Son of God, who has read letters by everything he says, because it's, it's God speaking when he says this. It's not some man. It's not me. It's not some preacher. It's not some priest. It's not some guy that read the Bible a whole lot. This is not someone's opinion. This is the word of Jesus. And there are power in these words. And this is what he is saying. He's saying, I tell you. Listen up. 
This is fact, right? This is the guy that says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And if he's the truth, then what he's saying is the truth. And he says, I tell you that he, being God, will swiftly, it's just a word meaning quickly, grant them justice. This is what Jesus says. Take it to the bank. He says, I'm telling you that God will quickly grant his elect justice. God ain't going to come through late is what Jesus is saying. God's not going to show up after the party is what he's saying. God's not just going to kind of wander in the room after all the destruction has already happened and help you pick up the pieces. That's not the God that we're seeing here. He's saying, take this to the bank. I tell you right now, words of Jesus, God will quickly come. For those that cry out. Those that are mine, those that I love, those that I've chosen, I'll quickly come. Anybody hear that and you just think that's just, that's kind of crazy. Because our version of quickly, right, is like when I want it. Right? Some of you heard that and you immediately went to, well, I must not be loved because I've been praying for this thing for months. And he still hadn't done it. He said quickly. What he's saying is he ain't going to be late. God will be on time. It's going to be on his time, but he'll be on time. He's not going to be late is what he's saying. And then Jesus says this, and and. This is the part, like, man, I just hope we get it this morning. He says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find that faith on earth? When the Son of Man comes, will he find that faith? Now, what is he talking about here in this word faith? Because this is, is the context of right, the, whole, the whole lesson is wrapped up in this one word faith. What is he asking me to have faith in? What faith is he looking for? Is he looking for faith that like I'll pray some prayer over and over and over again and then maybe God will come through at the end? Is he looking for faith that says I will be persistent? Is that what he's looking for? Is he looking for faith that's just, you know what, I'm, I, I don't think God's helping, I don't think God's doing anything, but I'm just going to pray this over and over and over and over again until hopefully I bug him enough that he just comes through. Is that the faith that he's looking for? No. No, it's not. He's not looking for faith in the how. He's looking for faith in the who. I just want to say that again this morning because I think so much of the time we get caught up on the how we pray. If we do this formula or we do this thing or we check this box and some of us are already like, man, I just got to keep asking. I just got to keep asking. I just got to keep asking. If that's all you heard this morning, you missed it. Jesus is not using this story to teach us about the how, but the who. Why do you think Jesus emphasizes so often unjust judge? This guy was a jerk. This guy didn't care about what God thinks. and He didn't care about what man thinks. He's not concerned about you. But even that guy will come through. Why do you think he does that? He's trying to teach us something about the Father. 
It's not trying to teach us how to be better prayers. It's trying to teach us something about the Father, about the who of prayer. He's saying, look at my story. There's this widow, there's this woman who recognizes that she is helpless and lost in her situation. That's us. That's us. I'll be honest with you. There's nothing you can do on your own. You know how I know that? Because you can't make your heart beat. Even your bad decisions are grace from God. Because you shouldn't be alive. You can't think hard enough to make this happen, right? You can't breathe hard enough to make this happen. Your heartbeat is a gift from God, and the fact that you're alive today is grace from heaven, no matter what you do with that decision. You're a widow today who is helpless and lost without help. That's our role in the story. If we would realize that, I think that the prayer thing, doing it consistently, that would just take care of itself. But I think what God, Jesus, is teaching us in this today is is look at the character of the man in the story. Here we have a man who doesn't care about what God thinks and doesn't care about what people think. He's a hard, non-compassionate man. And even he comes through. And that is not the character of God. That is not the character of God. See, I think the biggest issue is when we go to pray, we think we're praying to this guy. And not the Father. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, if we realized who we were praying to, then we would realize that God does come through. How many of us go into prayers thinking, um, God, I don't know if you'll answer this. Anybody? How many of us don't even pray things sometimes because we just don't feel like it's important enough? See, I think when we close our eyes sometimes and we ask God for things, it's almost like that shot in the dark, like, ah, maybe you'll come through, maybe you won't. I'll just kind of throw it out there kind of thing and just see what you do with it, right? And we just kind of close our eyes and we're like, hey, God, that's been a good day. Thank you. Um, if I could just um, be alive tomorrow, that'd be great, right? That's, that's not a prayer. That's not a prayer. Hey, God, um, if you could just help me to be a a better person, that'd be okay. I don't know that you're going to. Maybe you will. That's not a prayer. We we go on and on and on and on and on about these these empty prayers that we kind of chuck into heaven just hoping, right, that, like, God will hear something and he'll be like, okay, I'll do that. And what Jesus is saying here is like, think about the character of the God that you're praying to. See, so many of us, we close our eyes and we pray like we're praying to this man that's like, well, he may answer and he may not. It depends if he's too busy or like if we've been good enough this week. It all depends on us, right? 
If we do the thing right, if we pray right, if we, if we go through the motions right, if we close our eyes tight enough, or we, we spend enough time, or we say, you know, like enough Father God's in it or Lord's in it, like then maybe God will just come through. And like that's not, that's not prayer. See, prayer should come with confidence. That's what he's talking about. Well, I find faith like that. Well, I find people that when they close their eyes, realize who they're talking to and then pray like they realize who they're talking to. That's what I want to know. That's why I sat down with you guys today, right? Like, that's what I want to know. I'm, I'm looking for people that pray in confidence that God is a God who loves his people and answers on behalf of that, that he loves his people. My prayers are not motivated by me. It all comes from God. And he says, if the unjust judge, right, if the woman didn't get discouraged praying to the unjust judge, this jerk who's just kind of sitting up there doing his thing and just doesn't care about her and doesn't care about God, if she didn't get discouraged because she realized she was helpless and he was the only way, how much more should we not get discouraged knowing that, A, we are helpless and the only way it's going to happen is through God, but B, this is a God who loves us and a God who loves us unconditionally, right? These, this is a God who chose us. We are the elect of God if we're saved. If we know the Father in heaven, if we've given our life to him, it's not because we prayed some prayer. It's because God chose us. He picked us out among all the world. Why are we wondering if God hears us? If God called you in your sin, God will hear you today, right? This is, this is the character of the father. He's like, hey, I just want you to know, listen to what this judge said. Even the jerky guy will come through. Why are you worried about God coming through for things that you need? This is our father. This is our father who has called you, who loves you, who's picked you out. This is that guy. You're the elect of God if you know him. And this is our father in heaven. This is dad. Will, will he not answer for those that call out to him? Will he not? See, it's, it's not a parable about the how of prayer. We want to look at the Bible and turn it into some formula of things to do and to not do. And it's all about God. It's all to teach us about the character of God. And yes, there are things in here that God's like, I don't really like that. But what's he teaching us? He's teaching us what God likes and what he doesn't like. And if we love God, we'll interact with the things that God likes and we'll stay away from the things he doesn't. And Jesus is like, let me teach you guys something today. Let me, let me teach you something today. When you, when you close your eyes and, and when, you, when you pray, when you talk to the Father in heaven, there shouldn't be this barrier of, man, I hope he hears me or he might hear me or he could hear me or maybe he'll hear me. It's like I close my eyes and I'm like, Dad, Dad, I'm here. I'm like, right here. And he's going to hear me because he loves me, not because I've been good this week. When we ask God for something, we talk to Dad, we're, we're speaking to a, a father who's called us out among the whole world who's for us, not against us. And he's saying when we talk to him, he's going to provide good things for us because he's a good God. There's, a, there's another part where Jesus talks and he's like, even you guys, earthly dads, horrible dads, dads that ha you don't have the capacity to love, like even the best of you don't have the capacity to love, like Father God. If your kid asks you for bread, you're not going to give them a stone. You're going to give them what they need because you love them. It's the same guy. This is, this is dad. 
And he's like, he's not going to just turn his back on you on something that you need. He's not going to just walk away on you on something, something that you need. If, if you'll just ask him and just ask him and just ask him, like he's working on it, he's doing it. And we're like, well, then why does he need to do it quick? Why does he need to do it like right then? Why does he need to do it at that moment when I need it? I, I don't know. But what I do know is God's never late. How many years was it Abraham waited for God's promise? 25 years. God said, I'm going to do this thing. And for 25 years, Abraham waited. God, you said you're going to do it. God, you said you're going to do it. Just do it. Just do it. And when every circumstance, every situation, right? Like he, he was 100 years old, his wife's 90 years old. Every, every, every circumstance says there's no way in the world you're going to have a kid. God's like, now I'm going to step in. I'm not late. I'm right on time. I'm right on time. Because what you need to know is you're the helpless widow that can't do anything. You, that's you in the story. So just keep coming and asking for help. And I'll come through. I will come through. I will not be late. I will come through. God doesn't even have the ability to be late. I think his son waited 20 more years, right? For here's, here's this next kid of the promise. David waited how, how many years between uh, him being ordained and him stepping into kingship? I think it was like 30 years. Noah built the ark for how, how many years, waiting on rain? God, you said you're gonna do it. You said you're gonna do it. You said you're gonna do it. And every single time God does it, he comes through. You know why? Because it's dad. He's going to do it. He's not, he's not preparing to answer your prayer. He's preparing you for your prayer to be answered, right? And he's like, will I find that kind of faith? Will I find people that see me for who I am and know that with everything in them, God will come through? That's the people I'm looking for. I'm not looking for people who just want to run in when things are going bad and run back out. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not looking for those people. I'm looking for people that, that they'll sit down in the trenches and they'll just wait and they'll dig and they'll do whatever it takes because they know I'm going to come through. That's the faith I'm looking for. That's the faith God's looking for. And God's saying to us today, do you, do you get it? Do you get who you're praying to? Do you even understand what's going on here? You are, you are closing your eyes and entering space with God. You're stepping into the holy place. So the moment you close your eyes, you're stepping into the presence of God and you can talk to him and he hears you. And here's the amazing thing. And some of you aren't even gonna get this. He speaks to you there. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I've heard God over and over and over and over again. When we get into that place of God, here I am. Daddy, here I am. Daddy, here I am. He every single time comes through. Not because the character of me and not because of the character of you, but because of the character of our dad in heaven.